I talk a ton of cybersecurity, but are you ready for voice security? I wasn't, so I learned a little bit more with the CEO of Pindrop, who joins me on this bonus episode of The Business of Tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. VJ, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, I'm going to start with like the super basic question because I think this was an area I didn't even know existed. Yeah. What's voice security? Yeah. So voice security, you know, uh, for the longest time, you know, voice was restricted to places like the call centers. And so voice security is fundamentally starting off with protecting call centers. And just to give you a sense of scale, there are one in every 89 Americans is actually a call center agent. There are about 3 million call center agents. The U.S. alone gets about 40 billion calls. And right now, when you call your bank or your insurance or your healthcare provider, fundamentally, the way they identify you is by asking you a bunch of questions. What's your date of birth? What's your mother's maiden name? What's your social security number? And so all of those questions, the really interesting thing is 92% of fraudsters know the answers to those questions. And that's because last year alone, there were 1,800 data breaches compromising about 300 million individuals. So pretty much everyone's data is out there. And so when you ask someone, what's your date of birth? The fraudster knows the answer to that question. Even when you ask slightly complicated questions, the fraudster knows the answer to that question. So that is the basic portion of voice security. But over time, voice has exploded with the Alexas and the Google Homes to get into your TV, to get into your car. We're on a, a riverside uh, Conf, uh, system which has both audio and video and so is zoom and all of these communication mechanisms so voice security in that area takes on a very different form it makes sure that when someone's trying to open the door on your door with their voice it's actually that person trying to open the door or you know when they're trying to open the trunk of the car and then in the case of zoom is that the right person logging in and ultimately, when you start thinking about things like deep fakes, that's when you see a lot of that, like I could have a deep fake video or a deep fake audio coming into a conference call, like the case of Elon Musk Zoom bombing, uh, you know, a particular conference. Uh, in those situations, voice security takes on this broader connotation. Okay, now you've opened up an area I hadn't even considered in that. So most IT providers or small MSPs, you know, the 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 ones that the sub ten million dollar range that you and I were talking about a little bit before we recorded, 
they also run help desks, right? So they one of the ways that, that they get is people will call in and ask for help. And I'd never even considered the how do we authenticate those at the smaller level as a as a realm of getting in because of course the MSP has a lot of uh, access to all of their customers' data stuff. So. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on in terms of deep fake attacks against call centers and help desks. Yeah. So so the the most basic attack is one that, you know, exists because of data breaches, right? Like in the case of a help desk or in the case of a customer support channel, uh, like I said, the authentication is just knowing you by the fact that you know the answers to some questions. Sometimes you have a pre-remembered pin, which is four digits, and that's something that's easily guessed as well. Uh, what we've started seeing, and this wasn't the case, traditionally the way fraudsters used to beat these systems is by using uh, you know, the answers to the questions, which they had figured out from uh, one of these data breaches. But more recently, they're realizing, hey, Another additional angle that we can use is if I'm trying to impersonate Dave and trying to take over his account with a bank, with a healthcare provider, with an insurance uh, company, I can actually start mimicking Dave's voice. And what we're seeing is two kinds of attacks. One is a synthetic attack. What they're doing is they don't know your voice because they don't have maybe recordings of your voice. And Dave, because you have so many audio podcasts, that's not a problem. But for the average Joe, that is a problem, right? How do I get the audio? But they do have some demographic information. Oh, this person is from the South, or this person's from New York, or this person is from the West Coast. So what they're doing is they're creating a synthetic version of you with that demographic information. So the voice that comes on the other end is a Southern drawl. And then that's known as a synthetic attack, a synthetic voice attack. It's still using artificial intelligence and machines to actually create that voice, but it's not creating your voice. And then the ultimate attack is a deep fake attack where Dave, like in your case, man, it's so easy to get uh, you know, as much audio of you. And because, you know, when we started this conversation, you were talking about audio quality and how you like to have very high audio quality. That's a fraudster's dream. A any fraudsters using generative AI and deep fakes, if they have good quality audio, even if you had an accent, like thick Greek accent or an Indian accent like me, you could create a deep fake that sounds remarkably similar to you. And we're starting to see those attacks. So we started seeing the uh, both these attacks starting this year with the explosion of generative AI. Well, now I'm terrified because, of course, I have lots of uh, samples of my voice out there. And I have the nondescript mid-Atlantic accent that is probably the easiest to replicate of all of them. How, how do you protect against this avenue? Because I mean, it's so new and it's moving really fast and most people haven't even thought of it. How do you protect here? Yeah, so the really cool thing is even though this has become so important in the last six months, we at Pindrop have been working on this for the last eight years. And in fact, if you look at uh, you know some of our earliest uh, posts about this topic, they're from eight years back, our 
patent, our first patents in this area, and we have like 10 patents in the deepfake detection area, our first patent is back from 2017. So we've been doing this for a really, really long time. And ultimately, what you find is when you're trying to detect these deepfake attacks, uh, what you're trying to differentiate between is how are humans producing voice versus how are machines producing voice. And machines tend to optimize for certain things. And humans, because of 10,000 years of evolution, naturally are built in a certain way. And so you're starting to pick up the differences between humans and machines. And I can go into some of that detail if you'd like. Uh, but you're looking to pick up those differences of what makes humans humans, the way they say certain things like fricatives, the way they say San Francisco has a very human element to that. More importantly, time, the way you speak over time matters a lot. And in the audio case, you have 8,000 samples of someone's voice every single second. So temporally, you can see is that voice being produced by a human or is it machine generated? And what we found is every machine generated audio leaves behind a telltale signature because it isn't human in a very specific way. And that's what we use to differentiate between humans and machines. And ultimately what we're doing is what's known as a liveness check. Is this a live human on the other end of this interaction or is this a machine? So help me understand how good this technology is, because at some level, you know, when I when I look at all the what's going on in generative AI, I mean, OpenAI just pu pulled their own tool for looking at text generation version because they've said, oh, we're not we can't do it. It's not good enough. Yeah. And so my inclination here is to go, well, the generative AI can't detect the other generative AI. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about how good this technology is on voice and what makes it different from text? Yeah, so it's a really, really important question. And it's the core of why, you know, why it's easier to detect things on audio than on text. In text, like you have text and that is, you know, is just written. Uh, and once it is, it's a it's a static snapshot of that text. In audio, the temporal aspect of audio is what helps detect audio deepfakes a whole lot better. And in fact, like I mentioned, even in the lowest fidelity channel, that is when you're calling a call center, you have 8,000 samples of your voice. So for example, when I say, hello, Paul, my mouth is wide open when I say hello, and my mouth shuts down when I say Paul, the P of Paul. The speed with which I can do that, because I have human limitations, my entire vocal anatomy has various configurations as it's going through that statement. And what we see when we look at the audio of a call generated by a machine, in fact, you know, if you come to Pindrop, every conference room is named after a fraudster that we've caught. So we have Chicken Man and Pepe and Dava. One of the fraudsters is Giraffe Man, because when we analyze the audio, we start seeing, oh my God, this audio can only be produced by a human who has a seven foot long neck and whose voice is moving in rapid configurations in that in that seven foot, uh, seven feet. And so it's extremely unlikely to be a human. Uh, and that's the thing. When you have 8,000 samples of a voice every second, if you have two seconds of audio, you have 16,000. With five seconds of audio, you have 40,000 samples. And so the number explodes pretty quickly. 
And it's that temporal aspect that you're able to catch. And what we're able to do is we're able to catch these deep fakes, these audio deep fakes with over 90% accuracy in general. Like, uh, uh, you know, we've never seen a deep fake. Like Meta came out with a brand new deep fake engine. And on day one, even though we'd never seen a single deep fake produced by Meta, we caught it with 90% uh, detection rate because they reused some components that other deepfake engines used. And so we were able to catch that. But once we know the particular deepfake engine or we've trained against it, we're able to get to the 99% detection rate. So it's extremely accurate in the case of audio because audio has time to it. Text doesn't have time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do it. So how leveraged and capable are the criminal elements that we're dealing with here. And one of the, the, the areas we talk about, it, we so much talk so much cybersecurity in this yeah. space. And of course, everyone immediately goes to ransomware yeah. and ransomware gangs are systemized, right? They're, they're, they're delivering it as a service. They've broken it out into the various components. Yeah. How mature is the criminal element that's leveraging deep fakes at this point? Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's still uh, on the on the low maturity level, because even now the deep fakes that are being produced are not real time. So we've seen this in call centers. Like, for example, when the call center agent says, hey, who am I speaking to? And let's say the customer that is being targeted is Maria Rodriguez. They're actually typing M-A-R-I-A, and then the deep fake engine creates it. And so the call center agent is, there are these inordinate pauses every time the call center agent asks a question and the fraudster produces an answer. And in each of, because it's a real time conversation, right? Like the call center agent could ask something else and so on and so forth. And so the person is typing all of this. We've seen call center agents actually say, hey, you don't have to type everything. You can just tell us the answers. You don't have to tell us. And then there's one call center agent who was so helpful she actually said, hey, if are you disabled? Should I transfer you to a TTS person to help you? Because it seems like you're speech impaired. And they're, they're being patient, but that's the thing. And, you know, the next we've already tested against the next version of attacks, which is real-time voice attacks. But real-time voice attacks requires incredible amounts of compute. The quality is very poor and so on and so forth. And so the fact is that you, I mean, ultimately what you're looking at is if I have an attacker who's motivated and is going after a specific particular person and has tons of audio and, you know, tons of compute and things like that. So this is similar to nation states attacking you. In those situations, I think, you know, it's a very, very hard problem to solve. However, at scale, like most of these tools, they're using commercial off the shelf. So they're using one of the eight different voice, uh, synthetic voice generation tools uh, from Eleven Labs or from Microsoft or from uh, Facebook and so on and so forth. 
and each of them have very telltale signatures that you can detect. And then none of them are real time. I mean, there are a few real time, but they're not very high quality. It's reminding me a lot of those old school telephone pranksters that would yes. use audio recordings of celebrities, right? Yes. Where they would play the, the clips over and over again, but helpful humans would play along yes. because of the customer service element. Is, is that kind of an element of where we're at right now? That is absolutely right. And that's where, right, like what we found is humans are actually really bad at detecting even if they weren't the helpful kinds, like if you actually put humans, we did this test with, I think, 2000 people where we actually gave them at random a deep fake audio or, uh, or a real audio and asked them to determine, is it deep fake or is it real? And humans got it right 57% of the time. What that means is they're 7% better than a coin toss. Uh, or a monkey, right? Like, so, you know, it is really, really bad for us to determine whether it's deep fake or not. And that is where you really need tech to help with it. And like everything else, man, it is going to be an arms race. All of security is an arms race. Any security company that comes and says, hey, there is no way our tech can get beaten is wrong. The point is, you're going to have motivated attackers with motivated good guys constantly playing this battle of trying to make their tech better and constantly trying to determine. And, and ultimately what we've seen in all of security is if you raise the bar really high, you make it, I mean, you have all of these different layers. I'm checking your voice. I'm checking your device. I'm checking your behavior. I'm checking all of the networks. I'm checking to see if it's a deep fake. I'm checking to see if you're coming from a device that a well-known bad guy has used in the past. Like once you start adding all of these layers and create defense in depth and create all of this tech, when you raise the bar high enough, the fraudster just goes and tries to find the next thing that's easier to do. Uh, and that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the end game that you're playing for. So if I if I think about the risk kind of as a bit of a spectrum, right? Yeah. And at one end, I could say, you know, that that uh, a large like the Pentagon, right? It makes perfect sense to me that every single bit that they're doing, they're going to want to test at every single level. And if I go way to the other end of the spectrum, I could look at a single owner business who answers the phone personally and probably doesn't need it yet because they're not enough to be targeted. Yeah. Give me a sense of where on that spectrum kind of the the line is or the the factors of an organization where they should be considering protecting against this kind of attack yeah so i mean i think any organization you know that has uh, i'm just going to take a, a a number here right like you know if you have anywhere between 100,000 to a million customers you probably need to start worrying because the odds are these people are going to start attacking you, right? Like once you have a million customers, I'm going to start looking at, okay, attacking you uh, and using everything in my arsenal to attack you. And I might attack you in the call center. That is one place that I can attack you. The second thing that I can attack you is business email compromise. If you remember, right, like yesterday, it's crazy. En masse, all of the new employees who had joined Bindrop, you know, uh, over the last six months, suddenly got texts at exactly the same time yesterday saying, hey, you know, uh, 
you know, texts and LinkedIn and whatever they could find, right? Uh, hey, uh, this is Vijay Balasubramanian. Can you send me a text back, right? And things like that. So this is this classic business email compromise phishing uh, mechanisms. Now add an element of voice to it, right? Like if I got a text, you know, all of these employees immediately came to us, sent notes on the Slack channel. And, they, they, you know, the fact was that immediately, you know, you know, everyone knew what to do because it wasn't, it was just a text saying, hey, this is VJ, can you send a text back? But if I got a call and this is what happened, right? Like we've seen attacks where people have wired $35 million and crazy, crazy numbers where if I am saying, hey, I'm the CEO, I'm getting on a flight, there's this startup that I want to buy, uh, or there's this transaction that I want to perform, and I want to wire $100,000, a million dollars, and I'm telling that to my CFO or my controller, and it's actually my voice, like because I'm Indian, they're like, man, this is exactly like Vijay's Indian accent. That business email compromise, which is the largest fraud that an organization suffers from, can be supercharged on steroids. So that is my big worry, right? That is, you can add a level of urgency, a level of authenticity to business email compromise, to phishing uh, attacks, where you can now add an audio component. And, you know, you never want to say no to your CEO or your CFO. And there's, there are situations where, you know, even a controller that's been there with Pindrop for five years, there's this one time where the controller said, hey, I got your email. I am moving off. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm driving right now. I'm going to park and then I'm going to call you back. And I'm immediately texting him saying, no, don't do that. That's not me. Right. And so the fact is that and this is everybody's going through these things. But the point is you have to have vigilant employees, but once you have an audio component, it's really hard. So sort of last question, because I want to get a bit of a speed. You, you throw out some numbers and that's super helpful. Yeah. Give me a sense of, of your prediction. And I won't, I'm obviously, you know, it's a broken crystal ball knowing this isn't perfect. Yeah. How fast is it going to move, do you think, from an organization of 100,000 yeah. where, where an organization of 10,000 needs yeah. to worry? Yeah. Yeah, so I um, I think it's going to move. Um, uh, I I would think it'll move in the next couple of years in that speed. But bear in mind, right? Like the kind of voice security of voice fraud, even without deep fakes, is already there. Like right now, when we average and we deal with organizations of all kinds of scales, we find that one in every eight hundred calls coming into organizations turns out to be fraudulent. And this is over 5 billion voice interactions that we've analyzed. So over 5 billion voice interactions, we're seeing, you know, a massive amount of fraud in these to the tune of one in every 800. And that one in every 800 is come back to the highest rate we've ever seen it. So the last couple of years, it wasn't quite that high. It was one in every thousand. And that was because as the government was giving out easy money with PPP and unemployment, that's where the fraudsters were going. Now. The rate at which these attackers are attacking your call centers and your customer support centers has reached historic levels. So in the last five years, this is the highest we've ever seen it. So one in 800. And now this year, it's estimated to be one in 700 calls. So if you're a call center doing, you know, even the smallest call center does 100,000 calls a year. 
If you're doing 100,000 calls a year, if you're getting one in every 800 calls, you're getting about 100 instances of fraud events where they're stealing money from you. So it starts becoming, the numbers start adding up pretty quickly. So fraud is already there. Will you see deep fake fraud? Will you see synthetic fraud? I'm sure that'll happen over the next couple of years for you know that, that, that smaller organization at 10,000 customers. Well, as a podcaster, you've now given me something entirely new to be scared of with all the high-quality voices that I put out there. BJ, this has been fascinating. Thanks for joining me today. A- absolutely, Dave. I had a blast doing this interview. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Business of Tech is written and produced by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. Like the content? Support the show at patreon.com slash mspradio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. If you want to reach our listeners, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Part of the MSP Radio Network.